When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hook them up with Ian Rodby. Rolls on hour two of our five-hour Tuesday conversation. Foggy out there. Dense fog advisory. Be advised. Careful. Hey, Rod, we've been talking about the Cowboys and what their off-season plan may be. Mike yep. McCarthy is coming back. Are they going to extend Dak Prescott? Can I point out that uh, the Green Bay Packers, who beat the Cowboys mm-hmm. like a drum in the first round of the playoffs, they just played the 2023 season absorbing the second-highest dead cap, dead salary cap hit in, in the NFL's history. Damn. Well, that came from Aaron Rodgers. Wow. It was over $40 million. And they had a dead cap number of like $57 million that they were trying to go from older team to young team. Mm-hmm. So about $60 million of dead cap money that they weren't able to spend and they had to absorb. And yet they still almost played to the conference championship game. Still almost did it. That should give you some indication of just how good job Matt LaFleur did. Uh, with that young team, you know, youngest roster to ever win a playoff game, that's a, that's another badge of honor the Cowboys have to wear. They lost to the youngest NFL playoff team ever. Wow. Because normally teams that young don't make, you make the playoffs, much less win a game. Yeah, but you're right about that. I mean, they, they, they made some tough decisions. Their tough decision was to move on from Aaron Rodgers. They made a few of them, actually. Well, and I guess my point would be don't tell me you have to extend Dak Prescott. Don't tell me you have to. You don't have to. You don't have to. Because mm-hmm. all you're doing is kicking the can down the road. I mean, we all do this with, uh, you know, financing and credit cards and things. You, you can, you, eventually, the bill comes due. It does. You can restructure and stay within the cap on a year-by-year basis, and the Cowboys do this every year by restructuring. But eventually, those contracts come due. At one point. You hit the note. You hit the number. Well, that's, that's happening right now, I believe, for the, uh, the bills, too. Yes, it is. Um, because well, the Bills Josh and Cowboys Allen's, parallel. Very, I mean, they're number, yeah. they're they're very similar franchises right now, in very similar spots. Yeah, because I think that cap number, I'll get it. But for Josh Allen, it balloons. Yes. Uh, this season, and that's why they got to make some tough decisions this off season. Uh, they'll probably restructure him, but either way, I mean, that cap number is going to be yeah, it's forty seven, I believe, uh, in twenty twenty four, for him. And it was he uh, his twenty twenty three cap number was eighteen point six. Uh, 2022 cap hit 16.4, 2021 10.2, 2025 9, 2019.4.8. That is a hell of an increase, guys. You're going more than double. Well, and think about cap hit the number. Packers and, and credit where credit is due. They did a good, really good job of rebuilding. And this is what made Aaron Rodgers so mad at the end of his run in Green Bay is they weren't going after high, you know, the, the veteran free agents. They weren't draft, you know, going after guys who he felt like, look, I'm still in the prime of my career. You know, put some people around me. Let's go win a Super Bowl. You know, they, they, whether you agree with it or not, they were saying, you know what, you're getting old. We're getting old. We need to start planning for the future, yeah. which is what they did. And now here the future is bright because yep. they found their quarterback, which made Aaron Rodgers mad when they drafted him <laughs> in the first round. That's which, right. It was the right to go. And now they're the youngest roster in the mm-hmm. league. And they, they dang near played the, the, into, the, into the Final Four which is pretty dang impressive for what they've done and what the future can be in Green Bay. So that would be, again. Another I mean, lesson 
to Cow- learn. <laughs> Cowboys don't have any easy answers to where they are right now, but at the same time, the Packers kind of just showed you the blueprint of how you can do it. Um, but there's plenty of ways, different ways to do it. Sure but there are going to be some tough decisions that have to be made. Yes. Um, and I don't know if the Cowboys are willing to make some of those those tough decisions. And I'm not even saying like, hey, they got to you know move on from Dak or get rid of Dak, that kind of stuff. But I do think some of the miscalculations and some of the kind of bad decisions, the lack of vision, lack of foresight, uh, you know, that is coming back to haunt the Cowboys right now. And they're kind of stuck. Yeah. The Bills are stuck for a different reason. The Bills are stuck because of Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> they really are. I mean, they, they, they've done a lot. I mean, the Patrick Mahomes, there's nothing. I mean, unless they beat him, and that, that's on the organization, they got to find out, you know, what is keeping them from, you know, advancing past Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, what is their lacking, you know, what's their limitations. But, I mean, it's just one guy. He's just, I mean, he's the, it's the greatest start of a career in history of major American pro sports. So I, that's what you got to deal with. Agreed. And that's, that's been the team that's knocked them out every year. Yeah. Um, you know, in this, in this drought that they've had because they, they're trying to get out of the divisional round just like the Cowboys. And now both teams are in a, in a very similar Cap window, and they've got a high-priced quarterback, and they have a coach in Mike McCarthy and, Bre- and Sean Mc- McD- uh, um, McDermott. McDermott that you're kind of like, is this the guy, right? Like there were people arguing, I saw yesterday nationally, that uh, they should fire McDermott and hire Belichick because he knows the division and he's available. <laughs> Everybody wants Belichick. Uh, make a run, and, uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Hey, we were talking also about the, uh, the matchups coming up this weekend. I just saw this stat flash. You know, the 49ers with, with Debo Samuel this year, Ron, 12-1, and one, they score 33 points a game, or 32.3. Without him, 1-3, they score 18. Wow. Yeah. Dramatic difference. <laughs> That's a huge difference. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I watch enough 49ers games, and I can tell you that they're just a different team with and without Debo Samuel. They're just And he's very right different. now on a Tuesday 50-50. To play in that game, yeah. I mean, it's it's it, you know it's he's a um, he's a muse, uh, you know, base of sorts for for Shano for Shanahan, and Shano can do a lot of different things, and it makes everybody on the offense easier to defend because Brandon Ayuk usually he gets man to man coverage, but because you got to double Debo Samuel, right? Especially when he's out wide, and then when he's in the backfield, he causes even more chaos because there's usually Christian McCaffrey out wide, or you know, I mean, they're motioning one of those guys out of the backfield, so you're devoting a lot of resources to doubling and bracketing Debo and Christian McCaffrey a lot of times. You want two defenders on those two guys. Um, and that leaves you with one man, usually, your one corner to put on Brandon Ayuk. I mean, he's going to win one-on-ones most of the time. Yeah. So when Debo's not in there, I ain't got to bracket Debo. All right, so Brandon Ayuk, I can, I can double that guy. I can still devote resources to stop Christian McCaffrey, which everybody has to do, all right, either putting guys in the box or he's out wide putting, you know, bracketing him and doubling him. But then, you know, you can defend Kittle with a defensive back usually. He's not, you know, I don't think he's as elite as Kelsey is down the field, but he's one of the top five best tight ends in the league. Um, but I think you can defend him with a tight end. He usually gets schemed open most of the time, and he's hell once he has the ball in his hands. But without Debo, I get extra defenders to double Ayuk or to double Christian McCaffrey or to put a, a defensive back on, on Kittle instead of having a linebacker have to cover Kittle. It just opens up more solutions for the defense, man. 100%. 100%. So yeah. That's an important uh, injury, obviously, to follow. It's 32 huge, points man. versus 18. It's huge. Um, you know, the record, ridiculous. And then, uh, you know, point totals, obviously, the Lions 
Yeah. Um, if, you're, if you're looking at that seven-point number. Two touchdown difference, man. <laughs> two touchdown difference. That's big. 100%. All right, let's get the headlines, top stories. Well, the win-loss record is pretty dramatically different, too, without yeah. Debo Samuel. Let's get to the news and get you caught up on the top stories of the morning. Top Gun Reynolds and Lonequa will bring you the top news on this Tuesday morning. Start with Longhorns. It's official now. Former Longhorn defensive back co- backs coach Dwayne Aquino will not be returning to the 40 Acres after multiple reports last week indicated that he was strongly considering the move back to be a defensive analyst for Texas. Instead, the 67-year-old is going to stay at Arizona, where he's now been named the team's defensive coordinator by their new head coach, Brent Brennan. He'll be running that defense at 67 years old. Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian moved swiftly to fill that role of defensive analyst. Uh, program has hired longtime Pittsburgh Steelers defensive back William Gay, 39-year-old, played 11 seasons in the NFL with the Steelers, won a Super Bowl as a Steeler, retired in 2018, spent 2019 as an intern for Pittsburgh, then recently was, most recently was the defensive backs coach at Missouri State. Texas A&M announced yesterday for the, that for the second time in five years, former head football coach R.C. Slocum is going to serve as the university's interim athletic director as the Aggies now search for Ross Bjork's replacement. Bjork is set to depart February 1st for the same job at Ohio State. Um, uh, Slocum filled, the, filled in as the interim AD back in 2019 when the school transitioned from Scott Woodward to Ross Bjork. In the NFL, according to a report this morning from the NFL Network, Tennessee Titans intend to hire Cincinnati Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan to be their new head coach. Callahan has spent the last five seasons with the Bengals as part of Zach Taylor's coaching staff, working with Joe Burrow and, of course, the quarterbacks there in Cincy. Uh, NBA, a performance for the ages last night in the Philadelphia in a game against the Spurs. The league's reigning MVP, Joel Embiid, scored a franchise record 70 points in a 10-point win over San Antonio. Embiid went 24-41 from the field. Also set a career out with 18 rebounds. He's just the ninth player all-time to post a 70-point game. Six-time All-Star has scored, scored at least 30 points in 21 consecutive games. Now he leads the NBA in scoring at 35 points a game. Also last night, Timberwolves center Carl Anthony Towns poured in 62 in a loss to Charlotte. That's the first time in nearly 50 years that the NBA has had two players score 60-plus on the same night. And a good one up in Dallas last night, but unfortunately for the Mavericks, they lost. Boston came to town and beat them 119-110. Jason Tatum led the East-leading Celtics with 38. College Hoops, rivalry week for the Texas basketball teams. Tonight, the Longhorn men will be in Norman to face 15th-ranked Oklahoma, looking to build on that big win over 9th-ranked Baylor this past Saturday. Texas 13-5 overall, 2-3 in the Big 12. Sooners are 15-3 for Porter Mosier. They're 3-2 in the Big 12. 6 o'clock tip tonight from Lloyd Noble Center. Texas women will host Oklahoma tomorrow night at the Moody Center. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Oh, man. Pretty remarkable. I saw this um, story. Uh, Sark's getting some love. He's getting inducted into the East-West Shrine Bowl Hall of Fame. You see that? I didn't know there was such a thing. but (laughs) I didn't know either. (laughs) Apparently, uh, during the 99th annual East-West Shrine Bowl on February 1st, uh, Steve Sarkeesian and Steve Smith Sr. Ooh. are going to be inducted into uh, the nation's uh, basis, nation's oldest all-star game. They're going to be inducted into its Hall of Fame um, because uh, Sark played in this bowl uh, on his way out I mean, after, after he was a senior. He played in the bowl uh, in the, I believe it was 1997 in East-West Shrine Bowl. Um, he played in the seven seventy second Shrine Bowl. Okay, congratulations to Sark. Yeah, so he's going into a Hall of Fame. He's going to get into a Hall of Fame. is pretty good. Um, and Steve Smith Senior is going to go in there too. So I don't know if you had to play well in the game, or ball out in the game, or if it's just if you play in the game and then you've achieved something, you know, um, obviously extraordinary at one point in your career after you played in the game. Yeah, 
I think I guess that's it. Because they don't put up his stats for the game. I was like, oh, what did he do in the game? And they don't tell me what he did in the game. I'm sure he was great in the game. They don't say that. So congrats to Sark. Uh, into, I wonder if he'll he have to be there. He's so busy right now. I wonder if he'll have to be there. He's going to zoom in. <laughs> Uh, good stuff coming in on the on the text line as usual. Four four seven three seven seven six. You know he's, he's in Frisco too. Guy. Get out yeah. to San It'll be Ford Center at the Star, so I think it's in Frisco. So he probably can shoot down there real quick. I like it. Congrats to Coach Sark. We're keeping yeah. eyes still waiting to see who they hire for the defensive line coach. And congrats to your former position coach Dwayne Aquini. He's going to be running the defense out with the Wildcats of Arizona. Wasn't he there? Was he there with uh, yes. with Desert Swarm back yes. in the day? Yes, he was there with Daryl Lewis and uh, those guys. Yeah, Teddy coach, Bruschi. Yeah, Coach Coach Keaton was there back in the day. He's only got that a few was Dick spots. Tomey. He only got a few spots that he likes, and Arizona and Texas are two of those spots. I remember that Desert Arizona, Texas, Swarm like Hawaii. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Somebody said on the text line, "It's not Debo. It's Debo and McCaffrey. When they're together, uh, they are a different team." That that is true because they're both such Swiss Army knife players. Well, no, it's and all he, of them. He 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 built this monstrosity of multiplicity. It's it's, it's got to be all of them together. That's the key, yeah. right? Because you can't defend all those multiple weapons, and he can move them around as movable pieces, movable chess pieces. Debo can play wide receiver and running back. So can Christian McCaffrey. Kittle is a guy they move around the formation. Juice check, not just a fullback, also plays tailback form. They move them out to H. Uh, they move them out to tight end sometimes. Sometimes they put them out in the slot. And as a as a defense, you can't solve all of those problems. You can't. And when you take Debo out of it, though, it just makes them easier to defend because you only got one guy that can play wide receiver and play running back. And then Kittle can be defended with a DB. But when you have when I got a bracket and double Debo, and then you got Ayuk out there, I put a safety over the top of him, I got to put a linebacker on Kittle. And that's easier for Kittle. So it it, it's, it's constructed meticulously on purpose. Yeah. And when you, you take away one of those pieces, it makes them a lot easier to defend. Just one. Just one. Yeah, it, well, either one. Especially either one of those either two. Either one. Either one of those two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those exactly. two are the toughest guys because those are, you know, defense coordinators are always going to have their, okay, this is the first guy we got to take out of this game or at least try to with double coverage. And that's why a guy like Kittle or you know, Brandon Ayuk mm-hmm. had a 1,300-yard season this year. Exactly. There's so much He's man coverage. Yeah, you get man so coverage all the time. everywhere else that he ends up, you know, getting, getting man coverage, as you say, and he can beat that on a very consistent basis. All right, so uh, good stuff out there. Appreciate everybody weighing in on these conversations of our Tuesday morning as you are up and out uh, getting after it on this 23rd. Uh, let me see with some other messages that are rolling here. People with some good stuff. This says, is it time for Coach Pop to retire? Wow. <laughs> well, I, I don't know how much of his fault, but you I mean you got 70 points? Come on, man. Yeah, that's Charlie all. Charlie Embiid's good, real good. Is he 70 point good? I mean, he, he, he doesn't have a lot. Uh, he, what are they looking at? Five, and what's their record now? It's not good. I mean, not, well, I think, well, they're. Aren't they tanking again? Are we not, not supposed to say that? <laughs> Aren't they still tanking? I think they need a second. Uh, I think they're still tanking. And they're waiting for their, their young prodigy to grow up a little bit, right? Yeah. He's, he's making his way. I think they're still tanking. That's why they won't pop in charge of the tank so that they they're can. They're 8-35. Yeah. Then they, they, listen, Wimby needs, he needs uh, you know, another star with him. He needs some help. So you can't just have Wimby um, be the future star of the team, but then he's playing too much hero ball. So he needs another star to accompany him. Batman needs a Robin, that kind of thing. You tank again, you get yourself another star, boom. Then now the rebuild is is done, and you can start trying to win some games. That would be the goal. But yeah. uh, uh, it is – I mean, 70 points, that's a big night. And it's, it it's not like Joel Embiid's not a, a superstar. I mean, he's your reigning MVP who's leading the NFL in, uh, in you know, scoring this year on a game-by-game basis. But uh, 70's a big number. 70s, it's a huge. Uh, that's a I really mean, big number. yeah, it's disrespectful. Yeah, it's straight up disrespectful. I, I mean, but he's he's been man, he's been killing it this year though. 
Um, I'm not surprised. I mean, the Spurs are a bad team, so I'm not surprised that he just, you know, decided to mollywop the Spurs. But, yeah, 70 is, like you said, it's only happened, what, nine other times? Nine times, yeah. Yeah, so that's historic, man. You got well, Actually, nine different players have done nine it. Nine different players Will have did done it six it. times, so it's yeah. been done more than nine, but only nine guys have ever done that. Um, all right, so we all tell us talking about the XFL. Could this interest in football uh, that we see these huge and whopping TV ratings translate to a spring league? Uh, this guy says XFL may suffer from the WSTE rating problem. Wife says that's enough. <laughs> At some point, <laughs> that could be true. Mama too. steps in and says, Can't "You do. know what? Can we can we cut it out in the football? To that's take, true. Take a break. Can't do football year round because she knows the calendar now. She's like, hold up, are we supposed to be done? She knows around Valentine's Day, all football's supposed to be done. That's what Valentine's Day signals, the end of football officially. The Super Bowl is right before that. You got no more football on the calendar after that. Then wifey gets a little suspicious when there's a game on. And she's like, hold up, what? Didn't you, just, didn't you just watch the Super Bowl? Didn't we just have a party for the Super Bowl, the last game? Didn't we just do this? It's like, yeah, but this is a new league, babe. She's like, turn that down. Turn it off. Turn, turn it, it off. off. Turn it off. I got yeah. a list for you to do some stuff. Yeah, yeah weekends are for other things <laughs> yeah. now. That's a great – that is a great theory. I agree with you on that. <laughs> wifey's know they – do, they, do, they know the sports calendar now. They, right. they know it. Well, and these TV ratings, by the way, a lot of it is uh, female-driven. The sports – That's true. They're sitting I mean, down the, with the ratings it now. Are, are, are rising on that front too. Very true. More women watching games. Uh, so, you know, that's part of it. All right, so we've got a lot going on. We'll talk more about these championship games coming up on Sunday. As we said, there is a – you know, these are these – are, Really compelling matchups across the board. Both of these games uh, can't do much better than Lamar Jackson v. Patrick Mahomes for a trip to the Super Bowl. Another Harbaugh looking to go win a championship. And the upstart Detroit Lions against uh, the San Francisco 49ers. We'll keep an eye on those games as we get uh, closer to it. We also uh, – I was going to mention this. Did you see the video? And, Ty, you're going to love this. Ty Henderson, our producer back at the Horn headquarters. Did you see the video of the lifetime Longhorn Cameron Dicker? Chugging beers at the hockey game I last night. I saw that, This man. was unbelievable. I saw that. I don't know. Ty, did you see that? Dude. Just saw it. Just saw it. Yeah, okay. So, so Cameron Respect. Dicker, Dicker the kicker, was at the, uh, the Anaheim Ducks hockey game last mm-hmm. night. And they were playing the New York Rangers. And they put him up on the big Jumbotron with a big sign that says, that's our kicker. And they, he's, he's chugging a beer. He's and going full go, on. I was about to say, going hard in the paint, too. I mean, I, I, got, I got new respect for Dicker. There you go, man. Dick, Dicker knows how, to, uh, he knows how to market himself. Yes. He had the video where he, right, he's played the, uh, the shady injury lawyer <laughs> to try to promote, uh, to promote himself as a, a Pro Bowl candidate. I love it. And now, I, think, I mean, and, well, you know what? I mean, you got a name like Dicker, all right? Of course you know how to promote yourself. You learn throughout the years that people are either going to make fun of your name, Digger, or you can beat them to the punch. <laughs> and you can be the biggest person in the room. And Dicker the Kicker, I got to tell you, it, it is what it is. Now, everybody knows Dicker the Kicker. You may not even know much about the team that he plays for or even if he's a good kicker, but Dicker the Kicker resonates with people. They know him. He's starting to promote <laughs> and himself. And then he's a pretty likable guy when you uh, see, see the videos and the oh, things funny. he does. and. Uh, that's pretty cool. Kickers yeah. are quirky. And, you Look know, at Bert Auburn. Look at Bert Auburn's hair. Didn't Bert Auburn wear the, 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 the quirky suit, the weird suit uh, to the was it Tech game? Well, yeah, the, I forgot what the weird suit was. Like a Santa, was it a holiday-themed suit, whatever it was. He, kickers are weird. They're quirky. Kickers are a little weird. Yeah, they should be. They should be. They're kick. They, exactly. They kick things. <laughs> they kick things. I want my kicker to be just a little bit weird because he's got to be isolated. He's got to be do some solo stuff. I'm cool with my kicker being strange. I did. I did feel bad yesterday when I saw that uh, Tyler Bass, the kicker for the Bills, had to yeah. uh, disengage his Instagram account. Yeah, we knew that, man. You knew that's coming. That's the life of a kicker. That's the life of a kicker. I mean, you go in. That's why I always said if you've got a kid that wants to be a kicker, make him a punter. 
because punters rarely going to feel the grief like that. Now, they might have a bad punt here and there. That's a great point. But, but kickers have – I mean, that you go from hero to goat real fast. You oh, become you become Scott Norwood. Hey, you know what? That's a great point. Or I mean, that, you got a good leg. Go go the punter route. Go the punter route. Mm-hmm. Let him just be a kickoff specialist. Yeah. <laughs> Kick away from that's like, that's like the least stress and stressful position in football is, is punting. If you're I, really, I mean, if you're really good at it, you can do it for a long time. I would also – I would say it's funny because you're right about that one. Or deep snapping. Because deep snapping, you can't. They don't hit you these days. Like you got, they got rules against you being able to just up, just smash the the long snapper. Yeah. So uh, deep snapper is one of them. I was a deep snapper. I was. I I should have gone harder. Yeah, all the deep snappers are undersized. Go look at them. They're all undersized because it's such a rare skill that NFL teams know. We don't want anybody's deep snapper to get hurt. We don't want your it's deep snapper to hurt. It's not hard, though. I've, I've always wondered why they – I mean, I think I know why, but but why they don't have just like a linebacker or somebody on the team that, that is more It's a skill. Yeah, but – It's a skill. I, is a skill. it more no. just about the people in like having practice time just to devote like every day, all day to getting it right? Yeah, but it's it, it is a skill. I mean, those guys can tell you they can put the laces out in up. I mean, those guys are really skilled. Yeah, like, I I know these guys. Like Cullen Leffler, that guy did it for like I don't know ten, 10 years. Twelve years, yeah. Dude, it's it's a serious. Oh, skill. I know. I went to camps for this and everything. There's a lot that yeah. goes into well, it. But it's, and it's, the velocity is, is it worth the roster spot? Is what I'm asking. Yes, yes, well, I think it so. Is. Because yes, it is. I mean, to your point it about is. why couldn't it just be a linebacker? What if he gets hurt? During the game, right? You don't want yep. getting hurt on special, special teams. Tonight, you don't have your yeah. deep There's a lot of factors that go into. I mean, yeah. I mean, think about these games. I mean, you got to have the guy that that snaps it to the punter, snaps it to back to the holder. Oh man, and these are these are vital. <laughs> I mean, they don't they don't seem like much, but if you don't have it, you're in big trouble. You're big you can't trouble. execute a kick. I, I watched the Houston Texans game this year where they lost their kicker. Man. And they had a running back out there trying to kick extra points. Yeah. I mean, it was a mess. Yeah, no, Ty, you should have stuck with it. It's what you should have done. I know. Because honestly, now these guys end up walking on. They, think about it. Deep snappers never get scholarships. Dude. Nobody's giving a scholarship to a deep snapper. So they're always walking on. Notre Dame, Texas, don't matter where, how big the program is, they don't give scholarships to deep snappers. It's very rare. So you got to walk on anyway, but you're sure to earn one because there's not a lot of deep snappers out there. So if you can just compete and you can, you know, deep snap with some type of efficiency and effectiveness, you end up earning a scholarship because every program needs one, right? Just find a program that needs one. Find a program that where the deep snappers graduating. They're freaking out, but who's my deep snapper? You can go in there and be like, hey, man. You can go. I think they do tryouts for those specialist positions. Oh, I thought like about it. at some it. point in the offseason. And, man, you don't got to gain a lot of weight. They'll put the weight on you, and the NFL's the same way. You're not going to get drafted, but they're going to bring you into camp because they all need deep snappers. And then, boom, you'd be surprised. Some teams like, hey, oh, somebody got hurt. Hey, man, deep snapper. And you come in, and once you're in as a deep snapper, you're in. You're in. Ask Cullen Leffler. Once you're in, you're in. Once they find you, they're like, nah, uh, until you become a veteran because then you're expensive. But if you're like a rookie deep snapper, uh, you're in. They'll, you don't ever have to compete for your job for the first four or five years. They'll re-sign you. And then your next contract, they may decide, man, he's a little expensive for the deep snapper. We got some money issues. Don't ask for too much, right? Don't, 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 don't have to keep yourself. Uh, low paid is still hey, really good wages. Better than minimum. <laughs> hey, coach, better than minimum. I'm good with that. Yeah. You know, so I'm telling you, Ty, yeah, you know, you might need to start training it. again. I'm just saying, you might, you might need to, brother. <laughs> Uh yeah, I mean veteran minimums not that ain't chump change either by the way. Oh what? They just increased it right to the new CBA last time. If you're a four year veteran minimum is seven hundred ninety five k. Ooh wee. <laughs> Eight hundred G's. If y'all make it to the playoffs, you get them playoff bonuses. On, it's like time and a half. Uh, we come back. Brad will have his first rant of a Tuesday morning. We'll hit that. Also, we'll get to bullish or BS for the end of the hour. I don't know if you heard the story of the chain smoking Chinese marathoner run. <laughs> Chain-smoking Chinese marathoner. I got a serious bone to pick with this story. (laughs) 
Why? It's not bullish. Why? It's probably BS. We'll get that coming up. But first, Rod's rant. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, oh you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, now, I wanted to get into a few NFL topics. I saw the uh, Brian Callahan uh, story that he is expected to get the head coaching job with the Tennessee Titans, um, and it's, it got me thinking about a, uh, some research that I did not too long ago about the NFL because um, for those who uh, don't know, if you, if you go look at the NFL, you go look at a lot of the, I don't know, the, the teams, a lot of the coaching hires recently, they're – a lot of them are related to former coaches. A lot of them are sons, uh, you know, or former coaches, grandsons of former coaches. And if you really do the research, because um, Brian Callahan is the son of Bill Callahan, for those who don't know. Bill Callahan was the head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers at one point, head coach of the Raiders, longtime NFL head coach, and he's his son. And um, he's been the offensive coordinator and play caller for the Cincinnati Bengals since 2019. He's done a really good job. Actually, I think that the job he did with Jake Browning really started to pique the interest of NFL teams when Jake Browning uh, was able to have some really impressive performances as the backup to Joe Burrow. The, the offense was already really good with Joe Burrow, but people weren't sure if it was just Joe Burrow playing at a really high level or if it was the scheme and the concepts that also were contributing, how much they were contributing to Joe Burrow's success were well, pretty clear that the schemes and the concepts were definitely a big contributing factor to Joe Burrow's success. When you look at Jake Browning, him coming in and what he was able to do. So Brian Callahan ends up getting the head coaching job or is reportedly expects to get the head coaching job with the uh, Tennessee Titans. And, you know, the one thing I, I think that's really interesting about the NFL, you know, the NFL, I don't even know if they like this or not, or if they want to talk about it. the NFL has got a nepotism. I don't know if it's a problem, but there is a, a nepotism issue in the NFL because a lot of jobs are a really, I don't say a lot of jobs are vacancies are, are, are pretty much, I would say, taken by guys who have two to three degrees separation from a former head coach or a family member head coach. Uh, this, this is from two years ago. This is from two years ago, so it's not totally current. I'm actually going to do the research to get this thing current coming up uh, maybe this off season once they get done with the coaching carousel. So if you go look at two years ago, I found that nine of the 32 head coaches were either sons or fathers of current or former NFL coaches, coordinators or position coaches. Uh, that same research, I also found that 63, at the time I said this is a little old, two years old, 63 total NFL coaches, uh, including coordinators and position coaches, are bi biologically related through marriage, bi biologically related or related through marriage to another coach. 53 of these 63 related coaches. Um, so they end up, basically, you go look at a lot of the NFL, you're talking about. I mean, out of the – and I went and looked at – this is from 2021. So, like I said, a couple of years ago. Um, 111 NFL coaches are related biologically or through marriage to current or former NFL coaches. So, 111. That's, like I said, of 
a couple of years ago. I'll try to get this uh, updated as soon as I can. But out of the total 792 coaches that were employed by the NFL, 111 of them as of March of 2021 were related biologically to or related through marriage to former or current NFL coaches. That's a big number. That's like that's close to 15 percent. That's like a little under 15 percent. Um, and if you go take into assistant coaches and you take those into account too, the NFL's official coach count I think is around 822. Um, if you look at all the, the total coaches, but I mean, I don't have to really go into the detail of them, but man, you guys can probably think of the top of your head, a number of coaches who are, Oh man, that guy's related to this guy or oh, yeah, that's, that's the son of this coach or the father of this coach. Um, the league averages 3.4 coaches per team who are related to a current or a former NFL coach. And if you go look at it, 11 of, 11 of the 32 head coaches are related to a current or a former NFL head coach. Um, and there are 24 coordinators who are related to a current or a former coach, almost a quarter of them. So, the NFL in a nutshell, it's hard to get into the coaching game because it is a good old boys network, but you got to have a family member in it. That's a really good way. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much a, half the coaching game is do you have a family member, do you know somebody in the coaching game that you're related to that can make the phone call for you yeah. in the NFL? College isn't like this. is why more, I think, of the young coaches are going to college to start their coaching careers, and then they can go back. They can go to NFL because they make the connections they need in college. Uh, but the NFL – it's a it's a closed system, and to get to get into it, you need you need somebody to, to vouch for you. It's like well, the mafia. Well, you need somebody to vouch for and, you. And I would say that's 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 prevalent in a lot of industries. By it the is. Way. I don't know if you saw that on uh, the NBC game on Sunday, you had uh, Chris Collinsworth in the booth and. Jack Collinsworth on the sidelines. <laughs> exactly. He's, like 20 no, he's good, but, I you know, it. I mean, is he better than everybody? Is there – you think Chris Collinsworth made a phone call when I his kid it. was coming out of Notre Dame? Yeah. I would guess probably. Yeah. Probably didn't hurt uh, that Jack Collinsworth had, had dad named Chris – who, you know, that, but again, I, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I don't no, I'm not either. Bad, I'm just pointing out, I'm look, I, I point out trends and patterns, and no, I don't I get think it. people talk about that trend and pattern enough in the NFL that basically, you know, about a quarter a, a quarter to a third of all the coaches. Well, and a lot of them have been successful because the they coaches. grow up in the game. Right? Oh, yeah, no, they know. There's a Shano, there's a reason that Shano is as good as he is. Sean McVay, too. Sean McVay, his grandfather yeah, he's, he's uh, was a, grand, a coach. He's a third generation Third coach. generation guy. Yeah, so saying, there's a reason they're good. I'm not saying that they're not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not criticizing their effectiveness as a coach. Sure, 100%. Yeah, I'm not even criticizing their coaching acumen. No, actually, I would argue that, just like he said, it helps when you grow up in it and you're immersed in it and ensconced in coaching. When Shannon, Shannon was on the sideline of the Super Bowl when his dad is coaching uh, the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl and he's in the locker room, that, that, of course that helps you. I mean, you generations of experience in coaching, you can't quantify or you know put a price on that. But like I said, I'm just pointing out the pattern. It is a it's a clear trend in the NFL that if you are related to a coach that's coached in the league, that is gives you a, an upper hand well, gosh, at getting that coaching job. Sean McVay has been the youngest head coach in the league for the last five years, and he he was again this year up until the uh, the Patriots hired Gerard Mayo. <laughs> he had been the youngest coach in the league. He hadn't won a Super Bowl. So, uh, obviously, Sean, Kyle Shanahan's been a, a young head coach. It, it does help. And, and here's Brian Callahan. 
and I'm assuming he's the son of Bill Callahan. Yes. Yes. That's yes. He's the son of Bill Callahan. That's kind of what sparked. And I was like, oh, I did some research about that not too long ago. Yeah, that's good. I like it. Good stuff right there. Rod's rant. And, uh, yeah, good to to know somebody. That's that's a key. Um, And I would say this. I tell my kids this all the time. If you, you, like – you know, if you know somebody, you know, don't, 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 all somebody can do typically for you is open a door, right? And get you the meeting, get you the initial conversation. You got to take it from there, but, um, you know, don't, don't ignore the opportunity. It's, it's, it's what you know and it's who you know. It's, it's not, it's know. not <laughs> what you know, it's who you know. Well, I still think you have to, you got to know some, you yeah. got to know a little yourself. bit. <laughs> But, but, you know, a lot of times getting that door open, they're cracked open, or that, that initial conversation can, can go a long way because it's not always easy to get that first conversation uh, in any industry that you want to get into. So, man, that's good stuff right there. That's a big number, by the way. It's a big number. It's a big Overall, number in the, the NFL. The league averages 3.4 coaches per team who are related to a current or a former NFL coach. There you go. Yeah. There you go. All right, so uh, Rod's rant. We'll have another one coming up, also behind the burn orange curtain. You got another any other NFL thoughts? Uh, no, I mean, I, one of the things I also want to get into, I, I don't think people are giving enough props to uh, Lamar Jackson overall. I got some numbers that I'll share in the next rant about Lamar Jackson and how great he's been. He's, he's basically this season on his way to being the greatest dual-threat quarterback in the history of the NFL. I think Steve Young is the greatest dual-threat quarterback of all time. Steve Young's got two or two MVPs, got a Super Bowl ring as a starter, in the Hall that's, of Fame, of course. In the Hall of Fame. Uh, that's what Lamar Jackson's missing. If Lamar Jackson wins the second MVP, he's going in the Hall of Fame. Uh, <laughs> um, but he's got a Super Bowl ring as a starting quarterback in the NFL to really change the narrative about him as a quarterback. And I think this season is the best season, best shot he's had at getting that Super Bowl ring. If he gets it, his stats will ultimately put him past Steve Young as the greatest dual-threat quarterback of all time. There's, there's no doubt. It, honestly, nobody's going to be even close to him if he, win, when he wins the MVP and if he wins the Super Bowl. He'll be the greatest dual-threat quarterback of all time. That's my hypothesis, but I'll prove it because I got the numbers to back it up, and we'll get into that in, in Rod's you know, next rant of the day. We'll get into that in Well, I mean, and it's, you know, last year, we were talking about Patrick Mahomes, right? Patrick Mahomes is off to the greatest start to a career of any player in a North American sports history, right? I mean, that yes. is – Six straight. As a starting quarterback, he's made he's made the AFC Championship game at least in every year that he started as a quarterback. Six in a row, and he's made it to. He's trying to get to another Super Bowl, and he's only twenty seven years old or twenty eight years old. It's crazy, right? What he's done already. Lamar Jackson's in a similar realm if he can get to the Super Bowl and win that Super Bowl this year with this Ravens team. I mean, Roddy won the Heisman Trophy, the Maxwell Award, the Walter Camp Award in college. He's got two MVPs now by twenty seven in the NFL. And as you were saying, what he needs is that – I mean, that, how would you argue who has a better resume as the dual-threat quarterback if he can get to the Super Bowl this year and potentially win the Super Bowl with this Ravens team? Yeah, he would have accomplished everything Steve Young did and more yes. if he wins the Super Bowl. He'll win the MVP this year. I don't, I don't think that's even – Well, that would be – I mean, to win the Heisman, two MVPs, and then if he wins a, well, a, a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl MVP yeah. would be huge. Because, look, last year Patrick Mahomes, I have argued, and I don't think that uh, – he did something that's never been done before. You could argue his season last year was the greatest quarterback season of all time because he led the NFL in passing yards and touchdowns in the regular season and won the MVP mm-hmm. and then won the Super Bowl and the MVP. All those things have never been done in one season. So quarterbacks have done all of those things over the course of their career. But not all Not in season. one year. Yeah. To lead the regular season NFL in passing yards and touchdowns and then take your team to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl MVP in one season, that's never been done. Yeah. So last year, I, and I said it a hundred times, but appreciate that. That's never been done before. 
to your point that if Lamar Jackson is, you know, leads this Ravens team past Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes on Sunday and into that Super Bowl, and if they win it with this completely loaded Ravens team, I mean, two MVPs, a Super Bowl, and a Heisman Trophy and all those awards in college, that is that's, – that's pretty – yeah, that's incredible. That's, yeah, that's impressive. And he's only twenty-seven years old. And he's young too. Yep, and and negotiate his own contract. Yeah, <laughs> only twenty-seven. Um, negotiate his own contract too. We got to throw that in there as well. But yeah, I, I I'll make that claim, and I think it's a a claim that uh really hold. It, it's substantive. I think it does actually hold water. But he's got to he's got to win. He's got to win. Yeah, no question. He's got to win this this postseason. If he does, he's going to change the narrative and change really the conversation about uh, his legacy in just a few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it'll shift dramatically. Well, and it is All amazing. that stuff you just brought up, well, people start – they'll start reinforcing that over and over again when they're talking about Lamar Jackson and his legacy. Whoa. Right now they don't talk about it enough because he hasn't – he hasn't um, confirmed it in the postseason when it matters most in the playoffs. He's done it in the regular season. He's regular. I mean, wins in the regular season. Done that already. We've seen him do that. Now it's time for him to take his game to the next level and show that in the playoffs he can be an elite quarterback in the playoffs and uplift the player around him, elevate and, and separate. You know, and in this uh, immediate gratification because society, we forget quickly that the, in March of last year he, he penned an open letter to the Baltimore fans saying goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye, Baltimore. Like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm not staying. Uh, that was only eight months ago? Mm-hmm. Eight months ago. Yep, and no team wanted him. Nobody wanted him. Nobody wanted him. <laughs> Unbelievable. Nobody wanted him. I remember sitting on, on the radio show talking about this. Like, Nobody it's, wanted it, Okay, who's not going to give up a first and a third round pick for Lamar Jackson? Nobody wanted him. Nobody. And he's going to win a second MVP this year. Uh, I, as a Houston Texans fan, and watching that, whole, that game on wire to wire last week, I want him. <laughs> He's unbelievable. You can't get the guy off the field. Uh, that is that's impressive. And there there are teams out there like the Atlanta Falcons, you know, the Washington Commanders saying, "Now who did we take with our first and our third round pick that was so much better than that guy?" Come on, guys. And they're still looking for quarterbacks. What are you doing? Yeah. Like what are you doing? Yeah, man, that's a great point. Uh, good stuff right there. All right, we'll come back with bullish or BS, including yes, the story of the chain smoking Chinese marathon runner Rod. <laughs> Uh, this seems like it's an unfair deal, but I will tell you about it coming up. Also, remember that Applebee's promotion I told you about? We got Bullish and BS on that. Uh, and other great stories in Bullish and BS coming next on Hook 'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook 'em Up, 1019, AM 1260, The Horn. Time for Bullish or BS, and we mentioned earlier the Cowboys may be losing their defensive coordinator. Dan Quinn has uh, interviews scheduled this week with the Washington Commandors and the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Um, so Cowboys could be losing Dan Quinn. Uh, meanwhile, the Philadelphia Eagles, your chief rival in the AFC East Rod, may be close to hiring Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera from Washington, the former head coach there and former Carolina head coach to be their new D.C. for Nick Sirianni. You played for Coach Rivera. Would you be bullish uh, or call BS on the Eagles hiring Ron Rivera to run their defense. No, I like that. And they got a culture issue in Ron Rivera. Um, you know, he's a good guy, and he's well-liked and well-respected in the locker room, and maybe he can help with some of the toxicity reportedly they got going on in the locker room too. And you played for He's a good coach. Yeah. He's good a good coach. coach. Yeah, he's a good, good coordinator, good coach. Took a team to the that. Super Bowl uh, in yep. Carolina with Cam Newton, uh, and obviously Washington at some level, as long as Daniel Snyder was the owner, you're, you're kind of coaching with your – 
you know, hand tied behind your back at some level. Yep. I never really had a quarterback there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I agree with that. Um, but it would, be, it would be an upgrade from Matt Patricia, mm-hmm. a defensive coordinator. Yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Matt Patricia. At least he knows defense. Yeah. I mean, at least you don't got him coaching offense like Belichick had him at coaching offense at one time. So, no, I'm with you. I think Ron Rivera would be a good hire for them. Uh, really, I can't wait to see what they hire offensively because that's – I mean, that's the guy that's going to oversee not only your offense, but I'm assuming the development of one Jalen Hurts. Yes, and the further got, development, yep, and get him back to where he was a year ago. Exactly, because that was regression this year. He was turning the football over. Uh, yes, oh, yeah, he was 100%. injured and hurt, but he was careless with the football – Bad decision-making, that offense did not give him any help or support, though. So we'll see if it was schematic, you know, uh, issues that were plaguing him and caused his regression, or was it him? I yeah. mean, is he just – did he start to regress as a quarterback? And I think it's more the scheme. I like what Jalen Hurts, you know, brings to the table. But we'll see. Um, so, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, okay, uh, bullish or BS? I was, um, I was thinking about this uh, the other day. With uh, all of the the quarterbacks left um, in uh, in the playoffs, and man, what lessons to be learned from the quarterbacks that are left? Are you talking about Jared Goff, former number one overall pick, who's now um, you know quarterbacking the Detroit Lions? Uh, whether you're talking about Brock Purdy, who is Mister Irrelevant, <laughs> um, and drafted last overall, um, or whether you're talking about Lamar Jackson, who was drafted at the end of the first round. And everybody thought he was going to end up switching to wide receiver. Um, so it's really not necessarily a bullish or BS, but I just think it's, man, maybe bullish or BS. Nobody knows what the hell they're doing when it comes to quarterback. <laughs> I think they're bullish on that. Right? It's just like you gotta, you just got to keep drafting them and bringing them in. Like the, not, I would give the Harbaugh and the Ravens credit. They did build around Lamar Jackson. Once they figured out his skill set, they were like, let's just go all in on his skill set. Right? Running Greg Roman, drafted to – that skill set drafted to that system, I get it all. But it's just I don't think anybody knows what the hell they're doing. Give uh, I'll give Andy Reid and I'll give Kansas City credit. And they, they went out and drafted Patrick Mahomes. So at least they went to upgrade at that position. Um, but even did they know Patrick Mahomes was going to be this? They knew he was going to be special. They traded up for him. They knew he was going to be this? No, I don't think so. Nobody knew he was going to be this. We watched him for, for three years, E, yeah. at Texas Tech. Yeah. We didn't think he was going to be this. thought he was going to be good. Oh. Well, he was carried that offense, and he looked like he's playing backyard football a lot of times with Cliff Kingsbury. Do we, we think he'd be this? I still remember the game when, when uh, Patrick Mahomes accounted for like 800 yards, and they lost. Yo, yeah, they had a lot of games. <laughs> they would score like 50 points and lose. Yeah. Remember, they, had, they had a few games. And they we scored. used to talk about how I mean, Patrick Mahomes must look at Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury and say, come on, man. 50 points. 50, 800 yards? Yeah. What else can I do? In an L. Can I do something else? Yeah. And we're losing? Yeah. Uh, all right, bullish or BS? Ty, you're going to like this one, too. So, uh you know, there's, no, there's not much not to be bullish about. A 52-year-old marathon runner I don't like who this. recently, just over the weekend, completed a full marathon in 328.45. 328.45, that's pretty good. Out of 1,500 runners in China, Uncle Chen uh, finished 574th <laughs> in the Chen. race. Out of 1,500, he's 52. He's 52. He's good. Older than me. Amazing shape. Yes. Uh, but you also need to know, are you bullish or BS, that he did the whole thing while chain-smoking? Throughout the entire endurance event. Wow. Cigarettes the whole time. That's right. Wow. This guy's become a cult-like figure in running circles because of his unorthodox decision to chain smoke during races. <laughs> the Chinese runner is known as Uncle Chen. Went viral two weeks ago after the uh, – Is – what? <laughs> 
a marathon in Jiandi, China. Is there a brand of cigarette that he's smoking? Because why is he not sponsored if he's just smoking cigs? While <laughs> he he's lights them up, man. Is he not? Is he sponsored? He's got to be sponsored. Come on, know. man. You're a runner. Smoking cigs. How is a, a cigarette company not using this guy as a sponsorship? Are they not proud of him? Yeah. Well, this guy's apparently been doing this like for since 2018. He clocked a 3:36 at a marathon. Finished with a 3:32. And uh, his exploits have apparently earned him the nickname "Smoking Brother." This was like, how is how is a cigarette company not taking advantage of this? Now, Five years he's been doing this. I don't, I don't. I'm looking at him right now. I don't see any branding on him. Oh, that's crazy, man. Yeah, y'all are missing a golden opportunity. Now here comes the problem. This is the bullish or BS tie, and Rod. So this year, upon running this marathon in 3:52, he was disqualified. Because disqualified because of a newly adopted rule that uh, prohibits smoking during the marathon. I understand that, though, because <laughs> the secondhand smoke, if you're behind this dude, there's no way you're going to be able to keep up. He's smoking, and then the smoke is coming back in your face while you're trying to breathe some fresh Come on, air. Man. Yeah. Uh, the Chinese Athletics Association it's, yep. implemented a new rule where smoking while running unfair is prohibited. Advantage. It's an unfair advantage. To smoke? Well, it, it puts the, I'm talking about the secondhand smoke for everybody else around him. I got to breathe in that stuff, too. I'm not used to that. I'm not skilled like he is. No. No. Uh, with the same rules changes, the Chinese Athletic Association also banned open defecation. So you can't shat yourself, essentially. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, if you can't control that. Well, then you're disqualified. Well, of, yeah, of course I am. What do you think I'm going to keep running? <laughs> I've disqualified myself. If I uh, trampling on flower beds or green spaces also banned. There's there's a, there's a uh, I don't know how I know this, but there is something known as runner's diarrhea. Oh yeah, and your 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 body just gives out. Yes, it happens actually a lot more than you quite think often. Yeah, on, yeah with marathoners because you know whatever. I that, saw that, at the Olympics just, one time and speed yeah, walking. Yeah, the body just the body just breaks down. You can't control that, by the way. No. All right, ask Ty. Sometimes that just happens, <laughs> and. Well, so, I mean, you know, hey, you're going to disqualify me. I get it, but I'm not going to continue after that. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> you or you ain't point, got to disqualify me. I only have like a mile to go. I'm like, I ain't stopping. No, I'm stopping. I'm going all the no, way home. Stop. Nope, nope. We're stopping. that finish line. Nope, nope, Ty, nope. you bullish or BS we're on stopping. the chain-smoking marathon runner? Ah, uh, bullish. Bullish on that. I'm proud of him. He's 52. You proud of this dude? I am. I can't believe he doesn't I'm, have a I'm somewhat in awe of him. Where's his endorsement? This is crazy. I mean, you tell me this guy is chain smoking, running marathons, and no cigarette company's been like, yeah, we'll give you a couple Somebody's of Somebody's got to give him the free cigs. Exactly. Free cigs alone. At least. Or Dude, a T-shirt or something. How many packs does he smoke in that three? What, <laughs> three hours, three 52 hours? minutes. How many, how many cigarettes does he smoke per mile? And where's he keeping them? I'm looking at these pictures. I'm trying to figure out where are they where are. They, are they Maybe get some from like, pack or something? like people give him water on the side. <laughs> Maybe just hand him cigs. Lit cigs. Just lit cigs. <laughs> already lit up. He just takes it. Here you go, sir. All right, we'll come back. We roll <laughs> on. It's a, a Tuesday edition. Hook him up with Ian Rod B.